two, one. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Jonathan Kogan Show. It's good to have you here as always. And if no one told you today, let me start off by saying I love you. Got a crazy show today. Actually, I want to start with a question. Do you like food? Do you like food? Well, you know that government that loves you so much? Well, they're starving you. They're just distracting you with all this other nonsense, but they're starving you. Got an amazing, amazing video. I'm going to share. There's four parts to it. I have pages of notes. Guy named David Dubine. He has a YouTube channel called Adapt 2030. He is the food expert of the universe. Fascinating. And I'm going to play part of this interview with the founder of Natural News. And we're going to chat about it. But I got pages of notes. Like you got... You got Joe Biden, a.k.a. Dark Brandon, saying there's 0% inflation on his Twitter, except eggs are up 47% with inflation. But what this guy is saying and piecing it together, you see, we grew up in a very unusual time in America. By far the most peaceful time, globalization, everything was set up perfectly. Our, our lives were so easy. But you have to know your history. 2,000 years ago, our ancestors were scared of the sky because of the weather patterns being so extreme. Well, the way Earth is positioned in the solar system or in the cosmos or in the universe, whatever you want to say, that magnetic field anomaly and intensity that we're in is causing extreme weather changes, which affects how food is grown, how much we can plant, how much we can yield, and then the, la- and then the deglobalization of the world and how supply chains work. We are, and I, and I did a podcast on this maybe a month and a half ago about the Great Famine. Well, it's a much bigger deal than I originally anticipated. I recognized it, so I immediately made the podcast for you, but now I'm getting the details. So let me just go through some of this real quick. I'm just going to give you my bullet points, and then we're going to get into the videos. And he's going to cover all of it. So digital food rationing card. Oh, by the way, what was that? Six, seven podcasts ago, the digital ID. I've gotten comments on that saying that it's funny and all this stuff. But yeah, it might be funny, but it's real. And that digital ID, what you need to do is you need to parse out the news and connect the dots. And David talks about this, but they do they do share like some truthful things here and there, but it's the magic of knowing what's going on is connecting the dots. And because our brains, at least in America, and I'm 33 years old, never had to think from a geopolitical lens. It's very unusual to think about a food shortage. It's a different mindset. We didn't learn that growing up. It was never an issue. But all throughout history, there have been famines. There's been food crises. There's been, you know, 25% of the global population where we have the only historical records we have from this time are the candles that people bought from the monks because they kept such good records for funerals. Otherwise, that period of time where there was 25% of the world population that died off we have no records because everyone was starving. And the way the earth is positioned now, you're going to see radical weather changes and how it affects all yields. So some of the stuff I've written down, they are distracting you. The news, the mainstream, what a shock. They love you so much too. Yeah, okay. 
They're distracting you, okay? Distracting you from grain shipments from the Baltic Sea. Southern Hemisphere will have worse fertilization disruption. The exponential ash cover from the volcanic uh, eruptions in the Southern Hemisphere and how that affects planting and then eventually yielding. Ash blocking the sun. So they'll tell you global warming, global warming, global warming. It's actually global cooling that is a concern. What a shock. Opposite day again. Woo, blowing my mind, right? Yeah, you guys are catching on now. Planting time will be very low. Large volcanic eruption when it cools. The magnetic field anomalies. There'll be armed people at food stores. So you'll see how everything connects. So this expansion of the IRS that just happened of 87,000 people. And if you haven't seen my, my Instagram or my Twitter, I, they, they, put a, they, put a job or they put job applications up where they're looking for IRS agents to, and it says in the description, to be willing to use a firearm and be in dangerous situations and raid homes. This is in the job description. There's 87,000 of these people. It's to weaponize against you. That sounds crazy, but you've never lived in a world where someone, like every other period of time, tried to take over and, and, and have tyranny and have control and power over the people. It's happened every time in history. It's just repeating itself. You just grew up in a really peaceful time. And then there's pictures now from, uh, let me get this right, from, um, uh, from the document, uh, from publication 3583 from 1121. The IRS bought $700,000 of ammunition, which is millions of rounds. And they have pictures of their IRS police force. They're creating like an army. They have pictures of them shooting at the range and like shooting with, with assault weapons, like, you know, like to a target. Well, that target is you. And on the back of their shirt, it says IRS-CI. And then it says police. These are IRS agents, okay? These are bean counters. We raised all the money to, for bean counters, right? But it says police, then they have guns. And the IRS-CI stands for IRS criminal investigation. Now, we went around during the Great Depression, so why does this matter? Why am I bringing that up? Well, they confiscated people's houses for under $100, for $87. There's a fantastic book that's called The Great Depression, A Diary. It is a blueprint of what's going to happen, okay? They would confiscate. They're trying to load up the tax force because they know that there's a food crisis coming and there's going to be panic and there's going to be when you need to eat you need to eat and there's like really no food well that's obviously a national security threat and many countries have been overthrown due to people starving there's a name for that too and i wrote that down as well it's called resource nationalism so i'm not even going to read all these i'm just going to get into the videos first video is the food shortage overview what kind of time are we entering and what do you need to know? And then we got four other parts. It is fascinating. I swear, just take a listen. Uh, it's going to really be very, very interesting. I promise you. I don't think I've let you down yet. And I ain't going to start now. This is the news you need to know now. And that the real, or I should say the fake news, the mainstream news, whatever you want to call it, is going to report on later. So here we go. Take a listen to the first part. And what we're seeing right now is a full distraction from the impending tidal wave of food inavailability, food price rises, armed security guards in your stores, and the final implementation of a digital rationing card at the end of the year. 
So if this is inbound, there would be a lot of resistance against it. But if the distraction factor is 11 plus on the other side, think about how much this has taken away from those looking at the grain shipments refused coming out of the Baltic Sea. You know, these grain shipments coming out are being refused now, either stolen grain or subpar grain that can't even be used for animal feed. And they're trying to paint rosy pictures of all the exports are up and running. Don't worry about it. Everywhere you look, the Southern Hemisphere, the amount of ash down there that is going to dent greatly yields moving forward. The world's hopeful that the Southern Hemisphere can produce enough to get us out of this conundrum. But as it looks right now, it's not going to happen. The Southern Hemisphere is going to experience worse fertilizer shortages because supply chains have not caught up and they're going into the planting season in another month and a half or so. You got all the ash from the Tonga eruption that's going to cool and has cooled temperatures data-wise already provable. And the pesticides and herbicides are going to be even tighter supply when we come to the Southern Hemisphere, but they have an exponential factor of ash into a volcanic winter light version happening right now that is not happening or occurring in the Northern Hemisphere. So traders looking at the Southern Hemisphere, you know, this is gonna be a frightening scenario when they realize planting time that the yields coming out are gonna be so record low that there's no way to alleviate any shortages. And you can so distract all you want. They're lecturing us point, about right? global warming. What's actually happening is this ash is circulating, blocking out the sun to some significant extent. I mean, it's not necessarily visible with the naked eye, but in terms of actual solar radiation that's reaching the surface of the earth and being converted into plant energy via photosynthesis, that actual number is diminished. And you're saying that that's going to affect uh, crop production and also temperatures in the Southern hemisphere. Uh, that's uh, no one's even talking about that in mainstream media. They're just pretending that warming is the problem. Look how hot it is. You're saying the, the opposite problem is going to, we're going to face the opposite situation here in the coming months. Well, it's already in play. And that's the only reason I could present some data because now there's data to fill in those gaps of what would have been based on historical precedent when you have a large volcanic eruption of a VEI-6, planet cools. There's an enormous amount of news articles coming out saying, no, 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 this time it's different. It was water vapor because it was an oceanic eruption and this time it's going to warm the planet, not cool. So the last million years of data that you have that volcanic eruptions cool the planet i'm sorry it's different this time this is a special one don't believe that last million years of data just believe us and every event you're seeing on the extremes could be also explained through magnetic field anomalies as the sun stepping down or magnetic fields wandering northern and southern hemispheres and the magnetic wander all perturbing or making jet streams and cloud cells bunch on top of each other and go into different places. Again, it's a distraction. They're feeding you an excuse, global warming, global warming, global warming. But when you talk about magnetic field intensity and things just so far out of our control, it's a civilization cycle on a reset again. Governments are riding on top of this natural cycle. You got to distract in order for it will work so the populace doesn't panic before you need them to panic. And once the panic's so there, then there's about problem a reaction solution. A catastrophic food failure. You mentioned a timeline, the end of this year. You mentioned uh, digital food rationing cards would be implemented before the end of this year. I believe you said that. Now, now to me, that, that sounds even more concerning. I mean, I thought they're going to do it sometime next year. But are you seeing uh, like the incoming crop reports being so poor that there's, there's going to be food uprisings and price controls and rationing before the end of this calendar year. Can you confirm that? 
We'll have some numbers from yesterday, three basis points down versus estimate on corn yield so far, putting it at 170 million to 172 million. That's already down from even what the road, even the dismal estimates at, that were just, oh, it's gonna shake the market and it's down 3% just in the first weeks of what is considered like the harvest report. You know, before they had crop tours where they were out looking at the wheat fields, looking at the corn fields, looking at the soy fields. And those are reports that come in during the growth and maturation phase. Well, now we're actually into the harvest reporting. And every day and week that we move forward, especially with wheat out of Kansas and other parts in central grow areas, including parts of Texas, drought, drought, drought. And those uh, bushels per acre are looking to 2025 bushels per acre, Western Kansas, when the average is 62, 55 to 62. They're looking at really big losses across the way here. And Canada also said their grain traders had scolded the USDA for overestimating 15% of what wheat yields would be out of Canada. And this is all coming so in right now as the harvest season. Manipulation by the government to overstate production in order to try to drive down prices uh, and make Americans think there's not inflation. But this is only going to backfire as soon as reality uh, hits the supply chain here. Um, look, we'll, we'll talk about that. I mean, it's fascinating. I mean, this guy knows what's up. Um, and so when we talk about the digital ID, you, it's very difficult. You need a catastrophic event to not only bring in a new currency, which they're trying to do with the CBDC, you know, the central bank digital currencies, but how do you get that into society and civilization in a way that gets mass adoption? Because people are like, oh, we're using dollars. It's fine. However, and we're going to get into this, if there's a food crisis, you can use the food as a weapon and say, hey, we will only accept the digital currency for food. And that means that they implement the digital IDs using food as a weapon, and then they can ration it or limit it and say, hey, you know, since they're tracking everything now, you can only have this much for your family or, you know, this much. And then that's how it gets into circulation. And that has been done before with currencies back during the Great Depression. This stuff is a cycle. We're not going through something for the very first time. All this stuff has happened before in history. It's just people don't know their history because we were never taught history. So you need to take it upon yourself to learn it. But let's get into the second one because I find this just so fascinating. I mean, it's really, really, he really does a great job explaining it. So the second part is how, oh, right, what I was saying, how the digital currency, the central bank digital currency, CBTC, will be implemented, okay? So how is that going to work? Which what we were basically just talking about. Let's see what he says and then we can take it on the other side. But um, very, 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 very interesting. So here we go. Again, this is uh, David Devine, um, just food expert, and uh, he's going to talk about uh, the digital currency being implemented. Here we go. Ramifications of this incredibly engineered food scarcity emergency. And you believe that by the end of this year, we're going to have uh, digital food rationing cards. Uh, I'll go to you in just a second, but I want to add, James Rickards just did an interview with uh, Kiyosaki where he talked about he even gave a date, I think He's he said December 12th or December 13th of this year, there would be a switch from the dollar and cash would be outlawed and they would bring people, they would force everybody into the central bank digital currencies. That aligns with what you just said, David, that you'll, you'll be in a digital wallet and they'll control what you're allowed to buy 
and where you're allowed to even spend your digital dollars. It's a nightmare scenario. Your comments, please. Well, instead of taking our country back, we need to take our planet back. This fight between light and dark that exists in front of us all bear to see now, it's about taking our full planet back, not just a single country. In different words, our words that you were mentioning that are going to be forbidden, well, rationing will be another one. You can add another one there. It won't be rationing. It'll be like, well, you're just limited to this particular amount of butter for this amount of time for your family. I'm thinking about digital rationing cards. It's so nefarious because in the old days, uh, a child could walk down with their family's ration card and get it from the storekeeper. But now they're going to be using digital facial recognition for you to unlock that card, which means only the person who is validated to use that ration is allowed to use it, but they have to go to the store. And what happens if you're sick or you become invalid because whatever reasons, how does that transfer to another to be able to utilize that? It doesn't. It's a one use for one person only. And another thing that's really shocking for me is, you know, I will give you a way to reutilize the funds. How about a Manhattan project for farm inputs, for herbicides, pesticides? Think, I'm not a fan. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not a fan of polluting our planet and doing agribiz the way it is. It does provide the yields. We're going to switch eventually. But the way it's done today, we are so lacking in those inputs that it is going to affect the amount of food for production for ethanol, for animal husbandry and what for human consumption foods are. What about our own farmers? Can we spend billions of dollars sending it over to, to waste in different nations when we could use that for subsidies for our farmers for our own diesel fuel on our own farms to provide food for the American people and then to export? I mean, is it too much to ask to pull back and then provide for at least the very base of a society, the basic foodstuffs to be manufactured, grown and distributed in a nation so could, we can remain strong? Is that a little too much to ask? So that's a good point. I mean, you're seeing a bunch of countries now stop their exports, you know, from Brazil uh, to the Netherlands, to China, because they are doing it to protect their own people. So there isn't a resource nationalism where people overthrow those in power, aka their government, due to being starving. Like they're starving, and so they need food, and they're going to do everything you can to eat because we're humans. And so they're going to overthrow their government. This is what we are going into. And specifically for the United States, that's because we're, that's where I reside, although this is global, obviously. What a, what a crazy time to be alive, right? Like, just unbelievable. Like, yeah, it's scary, but it's awesome. Like, it's wild. I, for some reason, I get real pumped about this. Like, let's overcome this and make the world even better. Fashetta, it's better. So uh, what is America going to look like come December of this year, 2022, in January 2023? And... Um, Dave is going to talk about that. And uh, I mean, this is just where it blows my mind. So let's get into what America is ultimately going to look like. And, um, and then I'll see you on the other side. So here it is. Here's David again. I'm going to pull up this book here because we need a history book. The Great Depression and Diary. They confiscated people's homes for as little as $87 owed in federal taxes or land taxes at that time. The Green Deal that we know now as the New Green Deal and the New Deal that was put forth for public works projects to get people working again. So you mentioned the new dollar. 
well, how would people accept that? There'd still be a division of, hey, I want the old dollar and what happens with the new dollar? Well, what they did was they started paying people on these public works projects, the new money, if you will, the new, what we understand now is just a printable dollar versus being backed by gold. So shopkeepers had to start to accept it. They went away from the physical coinage, which was demanded earlier. They paid everybody in the public works project in that new form of currency. They didn't change the name though. They went from a gold backed into just a printable paper, which we know now print on demand, Fed notes. And that was the whole key is getting into general circulation through public works project. Yeah, the WPA. And then once they had that, then everybody else had to follow in line to accept it. And that's how they got general acceptance to move forward. You know, I look at a lot of understanding these patterns and how they're going to implement new. The new is the old. There's nothing really new under the sun. It's just a re, uh, reformulation of the old. Add, you know, you're a chemist, you know, add an extra molecule over here and call it something different, but it's nearly the same. We're going to see the same things happening. Now, how does this go to food? Well, if you're going to go to the digital, then everything that will be bought, they'll require you to use the new digital to buy the food. Food will be the weapon, more the monetary instrument of value of trade to get you into the store or allow you to buy the food will the new, be the new monetary weapon. It'll be a hybrid this time of food and digital you know, dollars or central bank digital issuance. It's that they're still gonna go call it the dollar. It's just as different as a gold back note versus just printed paper with nothing behind it except the faith of the Fed. This time they're going to so switch they're, it. They're still going to call it a digital dollar, but I assure you it is something very, very different. Not well, then food becomes the leverage to force people into the digital currency system. And once people accept the digital currency, then they can be slowly starved of food by putting calorie limits because they're monitoring everything that you're buying. Like, oh, you've hit your 2000 calorie limit today, or you've hit your uh, $80 a week on gasoline limit you know, once they control your digital currency, they control everything and they can limit everything and they can tax you and fine you automatically, even without you participating, they just deduct the money out of your digital wallet. I mean, I mean are they going to be successful in your view of convincing people to go to this or are people going to be so desperate? They're just going to say, please give me any way to feed myself. That's right. What you just mentioned is probably step two or three down the way. The first is going to have to be everybody getting them to accept it first. Now, if you put that stipulation in there that to buy food, you have to use the new digital dollar and that will be the purchase mechanism for your food, then the acceptance will be there. And then a couple steps down the road, months or a year later, then they can start to put those thumb screws on you and make you comply. But you know, between here and there, what's gonna happen? Could they call force majeure on some corn deliveries and then they could limit the ethanol supply, which would then degradate the uh, fuel supply across America and there'd be even less fuel, but then it goes back and rolls into the basic foodstuffs, which allows a further market collapse to bring us into the digital issuance. Because they need something massive, massive, like we have never seen in history to bring in an entirely new system where everybody understands in a day or a week or a month unanimously that we have moved to a new system. Completely, and there's no old system to go back to. Don't question it, don't ask. We are at the new system only. That's the only choice forward. It's gonna be that gargantuan of a collapse to get the ship for the public perception, not only in America, but globally for a settlement instrument. Because I don't see people walking with bags of gold across the border anywhere. It's illegal to do that. But protecting yourself- but this also means the problem a, new era, a new era of food prohibition, in other words, uh, criminalizing the buying and selling and trading of food using anything other than the required digital currency. So 
they're going to have to criminalize you know local farmers is oh you're a potato smuggler now uh, we saw you selling potatoes in the walmart parking lot you know that's a that's a crime now you're going to jail you potato smuggler um don't they have to mass criminalize all of the local food systems in order to enforce this nightmare scenario that you're describing? You have to crimp it enough to cause the starvation and cause the panic to get you. Now, at, at the beginning, I really believe that, you know, knowing what the problem is going to be, this is going to be a purposeful, and you said it a, a bunch of times too, it's a purposeful collapse, a purposeful uh, pulling back on the availability of food with the perception of shortages. Now, when is it that they release the strategic food reserves across the United States? I think we got 1.5 billion pounds of butter and this sort of thing. It's a strategic food reserve. When does that get released and who gets it? But if you know all that's inbound, then you should already be out there buying your farm tools because here's, if it gets to that point in December and the entire planet knows where this is happening and all Americans understand it, you only have probably a couple million farm tools in America, a couple million shovels, a few million rakes and hoes, but you're gonna have 40, 50 million family households that wanna get those same items. So if there's 50 million households that want it, you got 2 million available shovels, that means 48 million are gonna go without. And you're gonna need everything you can, and then you're gonna need to a way to store it, dehydrate it, whatever way you want to preserve it for a, a future date or a later date for usage, you know, anything that you have for storable foods, and I know you got the ranger buckets there, anything that you can keep for long-term storable foods in case you can't get to the supermarket, you're gonna have to grow your own food. So seeds are gonna be coming incredibly valuable. And then, you know, I've had the same discussion. What about seeds? Are those gonna become illegal as well? Because, you know, there are some places now where they're saying, hey, you use those Chinese seeds, then we need to backtrack those. And then if you have the Chinese uh, marker in there, it's like a DNA marker in some of the vegetable seeds that came from China, they're allowed legally to come and rip your gardens out. And I do believe that's in Minnesota, they passed that law. There are so all kinds of seed restrictions state by state across America right now. It's it's illegal even to ship many different types of seeds to many different states, by the way. Uh, so you're exactly right, David. I think they're just going to tighten the screws on that and then basically outlaw uh, home gardening to the extent that they can get away with it. So that. So I know you're blown away that your government hates you. And it's not just your government. It's the guards, everyone's government. It's the real, it's the club we talk about time and time again on this podcast. The people who really want, run the world, the business interests, not the fucking politicians that you think ha are giving you freedom. That's an illusion of security, which I have been through on the Digital ID podcast. You can go listen to that episode. It's a fucking illusion of security. It ain't real. It's to have them there to pretend like you have freedom. The real people who run this world, the rich people, the business interests, probably the Rothschilds and Rockefellers, they are changing to a digital currency. So they are uprooting civilization to implement it. They need to have a catastrophic event. Otherwise, nobody will it. Our life is fine. This is all engineered. It's all planned. And we need to come together and quit talking about other stupid shit we think is important because really the only thing that's important is food, housing, family. Like you got to think about bare basics. Now we're in a very unusual civilization. It's a great time to be alive, but it's also, you know, it could be scary, but it's not necessarily has, it doesn't have to be scary if you know how to prepare, which brings me to my last part in the last segment, which is if people aren't able to store food, well, what 
are they going to do? And that is a good question. If you, if you can't store food, what's going to happen to society? I think that's a great question to ask. What do you think, David? The picture that you're painting is pretty dystopian. It's, it's, it's a nightmare scenario for America. And I agree with you. If people don't have food and seeds and know how to grow food, they're not going to make it through this. What's going to happen in your view, especially to those people who are in the cities who have uh, relatively little self-reliance, if they don't have stored food, what are they going to do? That's a good question, because at that point, they have no choice. There's no choice B at that point. And speaking of an integrity check for agencies, how about we rein in the USDA for a minute there? You know, the USDA's mission statement is to stabilize markets. It's not to give you the truth about crop production, crop yields, or what the carryover stocks are. Estimates are estimates. It's to stabilize markets. So as we look across how many lies are being told to prevent panic, It'll be okay in the city, sure it will. I mean, even if you had a large balcony, could you grow enough food? I do not think so, even if it was automated. And then what choice does that give you? Then you look back through chapters of history when cities were encircled. Or we could talk about the Holmador where all of the Ukraine was encircled and the wheat farmers were starved to death. We can go back to Poland. We can go to any city you want to, Krakow. We could talk about the ghettos. We could talk about anywhere you want through history. When they encircle a city, you starve to death generally. There's no other choice. You either do what they say or you starve, and they're going to let you die right there. They won't care if they don't take you away first because you'll be a problem at that point. You might incite others. But the whole way around this is getting ready and understanding these problems are here and looking beyond what the news is feeding you, especially with this corrupted climate science that we're seeing where temperature stations are in parking lots and they're they're trying to weave together excuses for when you're seeing these extremes. Now, Mike, for just an example here, over the I'm only talking nine days of news. Heaviest rains recorded hit buildings so hard in Yemen they collapsed. Well that's a desert event. Ioto volcano in Japan erupting for the first time after 1,000 years. Heaviest rainfalls in Seoul in almost 200 years. Death Valley, a year's worth of rain in a day. Pakistan, eight times the normal amount of rain. And we saw what happened in Kentucky. Now Uganda has record rains. And this just continues on and on. These are the effects of what's happening with a, a, a decreasing magnetic field on our planet. And if you know that magnetic field is going to continue to decrease further, that these other extremes are going to continue to amplify into the once in a 2000 year event, every storm system coming through. This is why the ancients were terrified of the skies and they built dolmens across the planet. They understood these cycles and they've left them to the to us in legend, lore and stories, petroglyphs and I'm surprised we don't take a look at what had happened in the ancient times. Now it's provable that the magnetic field's in a wander state. So the more these cloud cells are bunching up, the more cosmic rays are create, creating new cloud layers from 18,000 to say 23,000 feet. There's an entire new layer of cloud being built across the planet that's now looping and interplaying with what is traditionally our jet streams and cloud cells that go from zero degrees at the equator up to 30 north and 30 north to 60 north and then up to the 
Arctic, and the same would be for the Southern Hemisphere. Now there's an but entirely David, I, new I, latitude I and cloud in there. Uh, sorry, sorry to interrupt, but I got to add to this, David. On top of this, remember they're doing carbon sequestration, which means they're building these massive machines to suck CO2 out of the atmosphere, which is a form of terraforming. Folks, this is beyond geoengineering. This is altering the atmosphere of an entire planet. This is terraforming. They take out CO2, add it to everything that you just said, David, where there, there's uh, weather radicalization because of the weakening uh, magnetic uh, field or the magnetosphere around Earth. So more electromagnetic energy penetrates in certain areas in an unpredictable way, by the way, from the sun. So you have more floods, more droughts, more radical weather, more high winds, perhaps more hurricanes and tornadoes on top of CO2 coming down because they're sucking it out of the air and plants need CO2 to function. It's, it's photosynthesis, folks. So crop failures are being engineered into the system on top of the natural, uh, shall we call it space? And that's not really space weather. I mean, it's, it's Earth's magnetosphere, but that's a natural event. Our crops are going to be devastated worldwide. Go ahead. There, if you look at the Rhine River, it's below shipping levels now where the river has gone so low and many rivers across France are impassable for any types of traffic. Yet they try to continue to tell us there's going to be record crop production coming out of Germany and France in these same areas that are experiencing once in a 500 year drought. So even what you're seeing now, and then uh, I have a number for Ukraine here, only 20% of all arable farmland was planted this year. So these hopeful stories yeah. of the Ukraine's going to produce and all these exports coming out to offset shortages just don't make sense. And then if right. I could add one more thing, you know, yeah. there's an inbound current flow from our sun, and that's how we get, you know, the aurora borealis, or you get the australis borealis, which is the southern hemisphere uh, lights, southern lights. There's outbound flows too. If there's too much electricity in the crust, and the, the atmosphere and the crust are a different charge and they're overcharged, our crust is gonna release. And when it does, it comes out, connects to those field lines in space, but as it's coming out, it's electrified and those clouds in that regional area are being affected with microclimate systems being more highly charged, which would put more uh, cloud particulates and more formation of heavier storms in certain locales. And this is the outbound current flow is something to think about too. And that generally happens uh, 40 degrees north or south latitude is the heaviest outbound current flow. The heaviest inflow is obviously going to be at the poles, but it's a, it's a dual directional uh, current here. It's not just one way. So then when you start to map out where the outbound current flows are and you look at the crop production zones under those, knowing that regional weather systems will be affected, then you can start to see that it's a pattern and you can map it out. And if you do do uh, some GIS mapping or whatnot, you can start to put pins on the dot. And then you start to look for uh, red sprites, blue jets, and these electrical events above thunderstorms that will show you there is indeed an intensified current outflow. And then you start to go, hmm, a lot of crops are going to be lost there too. So everywhere you look, wow. it's either extremes on everything, but a lot of it's electrically driven, not CO2. Not CO2, not you, it's the sun, and it's electrical, and you can't tax that. And that is well, the whole reason summary, David. that I try to deliver so pushed back against. Phenomenal summary. Listen, podcast to help you. I, no, I am not Jesus Christ reincarnated into Bill Gates. 
Okay. It's so crazy how Bill fucking Gates always has the solution. Pandemic, mRNA vaccine to save the world. Oh, we have climate change. I will just change the fucking weather and put something in the skies. Go Google it. Bill Gates is officially changing the weather. Don't worry. He always has the solution. Just watch an interview with him. He talks like this with his hands stretched out like a schmuck who looks totally unbelievable, like just not believable. And we know that he went to Epstein Island 37 times. Okay. That's not here nor there. But here, I'm just trying to give you the information that really the mainstream news should be sharing with you, but unfortunately they're not. So I feel like it's my duty to share it with you. Like, um, and by the way, if you or someone you know um, sell seeds that can help people, like heirloom seeds, something like that, like on this topic, reach out to me. I'm definitely down to see if we can work something out where I can help other people get seeds. I'm, I'm down for that. I was just thinking about that. Uh, maybe we could do something there. But it's crazy. It's a weird time in history. It's a weird time to be alive. It's a great time to be alive. Depends how you look at it. Um, and you can control this stuff. You can get ready now. So um, I thought that was really, really interesting. I thought it was a pretty great synopsis of what's going on with the food crisis. I don't want you to be surprised at the 11th hour. And I want to share interesting shit with you that the news that you probably get doesn't share because they're just distracting you from the main shit that's going on because they don't want you to freak out right now and then their whole plan goes to shit so things are about to get real strange um that's all i got on the food crisis today um gonna have a great show great segment tomorrow i uh, appreciate you listening i appreciate you being here i appreciate you having my voice in your ear or on your speaker wherever it might be um seriously always great to be with you i hope this helps i hope you found this interesting and more than anything else, I hope you have a fantastic day or a beautiful night wherever you are in the world. And again, if nobody told you, you are loved. Hang in there. Be positive. Do what you can to prepare. And um, I'll be sharing a lot more with you in the obviously every single day because that's what we do on this podcast, The Jonathan Cogan Show. Subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. You can go to the YouTube channel, although I'm banned for the, last, for the next two weeks from my from my previous podcast i got two strikes whatever but i'm on rumble you can look up ownership economy i'm going to change it to the jonathan cogan show and then you can get every other episode at anchor.fm forward slash jsk for you guessed it jonathan scott cogan all right have an amazing day an amazing night i love you thanks for being here on the jonathan cogan show and let's continue this tomorrow peace out with my feet out Bye.